0: Welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Robles, and we have an Apple event before the month of October is over. Scary fast. We're going to talk about that. iOS 17.1 came out. WatchOS 10.1 with Double Tap. We might get an AirPods overhaul in 2024. And Apple One and all of their services are increasing in price. This episode is brought to you by Notion AI and Magic Lasso Adblock. And joining me to talk about the new event is my friend Wes Hilliard. How's it going, Wes?
1: Uh, I'm a little spooked here, Steven. Uh, This this event, I think it crept up out of nowhere and just gave us a little jump scare. Yeah.
0: (laughs) How many puns you got written down over there, West? I mean, is it like a list? You got like a top five?
1: (laughs) No, they're on the wall just, you know, scrolling by. Yeah little teleprompter here.
0: Oh, very good. This is something. Okay. I I mean, honestly, definitely didn't expect this kind of event and the day and date. And so the rumor Battle Royale, Mark Gurman ended up being correct. He said that we would see Max by the end of the month, maybe even an event before October is over. And he was right. We have an event. Invites went out earlier this week. The event is going to be on Monday, October 30th, Halloween Eve. At the strangest time, I mean, I don't remember any Apple event ever happening at this time. It's online only, no in-person event, but it's at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Also that day, you should listen to HomeKit Insider because it will come out that morning. So as you eagerly await the event, go listen to HomeKit Insider with me and Andrew O'Hara. And of course, Apple Insider Daily comes out every
1: weekday. I'm guessing you and Andrew did not dress up in Halloween costumes for your recording no we did not missed opportunity
0: for the uh, the event that we're all just going to be sitting at home watching probably not probably not but this is like for for UK listeners like for our friend William this is a, they already do the time change I believe this weekend and so this event I think is going to be at like 1am 1am mm-hmm. <laughs> UK time so there's been so much speculation about what this event is first of all there's a little animation on Apple's website. So you see scary fast, that's the two word tagline. And then on the website, there's an animation that shows the finder face. And so Apple is clearly signaling to us this is a Mac centric event. Now, what kind of Macs? What chips are in these Macs? So many guesses. Uh, here's the possibilities we might see an updated iMac with an M2 chip, which the M2 we've had for a while. The 24-inch, probably not going to change in design. Maybe we'll get a larger screen, but surely that can't be it. The event is called Scary Fast, Wes. There's got to be something fast that launches on Monday's event. Am I crazy?
1: Well, the M2 is pretty fast.
0: I did. <laughs> <And> especially
1: <laughs> compared, especially compared to the M1. I'm abstaining from offering my opinion. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so All right. at first it was, it, my gut reaction was no way there's going to be M3 here. No way that we're going to see Apple's three nanometer Apple Silicon for Mac debut at 8 right. PM on a Monday. Right. But a lot of evidence has piled up since then pointing to yes, M2 three probably could happen now that is
0: curious because 8 p.m. it seems like an odd time for event again most of the world east of North America is going to be asleep Not watching live, so it begs the question, would Apple release something like an M3 with the the first 3 nanometer chip ever that it produces, would it release something like that with half the world asleep?
1: Well, first 3 nanometer for Mac, A17 Pro is 3 nanometer. Oh,
0: that's true, true. Uh,
1: I've been doing some sleuthing, connecting some dots here. The 8 p.m. time slot, it appears... Could coincide with the fact that that is during Japanese business day hours and they want to have for some reason they want this event to take place during the day there. And that would Hmm. hint at the fact that, well, we're dealing with a gaming uh, focused event. Because October 30th is also the day that Resident Evil Village and Resident Evil 8 are launching on iPad and Mac and iPhone. Interesting. And uh, specifically on iPhone, it's the hardware ray tracing uh, version that, r- that was announced because of the A17 Pro's chipset. So what better day would it be to announce that M3 is coming soon? and also capable of hardware ray tracing.
0: Okay, so if it is M3, and I'll, I will speak uh, my, not prediction, but I do think we're going to see an M3. I, I don't think that an event is warranted for just an M2 iMac.
1: Yeah, the suggestion seems to be that the 13-inch MacBook Pro is going to get a slight tweak to the design to where we're going to have no touch bar and maybe some thinner bezels, maybe a notch, and it's going to come in at, with the M3 chipset And that redesign, because yes, as much as it is a redundant product in the lineup, it is also like $700 cheaper than the next higher MacBook Pro, right? So it's hard to call it really a pro in, in name. It still isn't a MacBook Air. And it still isn't a $2,000 MacBook. Yeah. I, I I can see this sticking around in the lineup and it is in dire need of a, I wouldn't even call it a redesign. It just needs to step up to the 14 inch language. It's not going to be anything spectacular. It's just going to be, Hey, here's this $1,300 MacBook Pro sure. M3.
0: And the reason why I am definitely feeling M3, if this was only an M2 iMac, it would hundred percent be a press release. And while an 8 PM event seems odd, it would be even more strange to have an entire event for basically a chip that's been around for a year and one computer that's not getting a redesign. Apple doesn't do an event for everything now. Like in the last year, we had WWDC and they had the iPhone event. Those are the only two events we've had in the last year. Everything else has been press releases, and Apple has not shied away from literally launching products via press release, especially in the last few years. So I do think this is going to be M3. It's not just going to be an iMac. We do have a floating box image that's going around that was shared on social media.
1: And that's a 13-inch MacBook Pro. The reason why I, I changed my mind a little bit on this possibly being M3. I, again, I'm not 100% on it, but I'm definitely more positive than I was. Mm-hmm. Um I looked at the timeline of chipset releases and M1 Ultra coming out in what was it? Spring <laughs> and then right. M2 coming out at, at WWDC in June. This is the same time frame. It's about 3 3 to 4 months difference since uh M2 Ultra came out. And so this this aligns actually with Apple's previous release schedule from M1 to M2. Like again, M3 makes sense. No ways M3 Pro M3 Max. Yeah, I don't think like so. that's madness. I don't know why German he did this last time with M2. He said and every M chip's going to launch at the same time and every Max is going to get announced at this event. And it, yeah. it obviously didn't happen, but uh, for some reason some wires get crossed somewhere and he just thinks that everything's going to happen. Don't expect a 14 and 16-inch MacBook Pro at this event.
0: Yeah, I I don't think so. I think we will finally get USB-C peripherals like the Magic Keyboard magic trackpad, magic mouse. Maybe, hopefully, we see a redesign on one of those products, namely the mouse that has to turn into a turtle to charge.
1: It'll still do that.
0: Yeah, it probably will. Uh, But but in addition to those things, what else could be in this event?
1: If this is M3 event, this is my prediction. Okay. We're going to get M3 iMac with color match accessories and those USB-C cables that were floating around so C to C cables and then the C keyboard C mouse C trackpad and then they're going to float out that 13 inch MacBook Pro both of those are going to be on M3 chipsets and they're going to say they're capable of hardware ray tracing and here's a slate of games coming to our M3 hardware ray tracing platform also by the way because this is based on the same chipset A17 Pro gets these amazing games and it's a universal purchase you buy it once you Play it everywhere. And uh, this is going to be Apple's right. gaming pitch uh, event for the Mac and iPhone ecosystem. And okay. No iPads, you know, nothing crazy.
0: Yeah, and this this came out right after the event, Mark German talking about this AirPods overhaul. And I think it's interesting because AirPods Pro 2 just got that recent update at the iPhone event with USB-C and some kind of mysterious internal for lossless audio and Apple Vision Pro. But it makes sense that we will not see any AirPods at this event if German is right, that next year in 2024, the entire AirPods lineup will be overhauled. And we could just talk about this now. It looks like they will... Kind of marry the two AirPods and AirPods Pro lineup. There'll still be two distinct models, but they will look more similar. Possibly the AirPods 3 have not been selling well because honestly, I think the AirPods Pro 2 are just so good and you can get them on sale very close to an AirPods 3 price point.
1: I think it's an inverse, uh, actually. I think because the AirPods... Two right, the original AirPods. Yes, those are still available, right? Or at least somewhat available.
0: The old, old AirPod style. Yes,
1: <laughs> yeah. The those are what's selling, and I think that's where this uh, claim from German comes in. It makes a lot of sense. Let's divvy up the line. Let's re let's refresh it with AirPods Pro at the high end of earbuds, and new entry model, hopefully priced closer to one twenty to compete with these other earbuds out there. Maybe. This will be the AirPods 3 design at a lower price point. Maybe they remove a little bit more of the technology and you get some clear audio and some Siri and that's it.
0: So again, no AirPods at this scary fast event on Monday, most likely Max. I would say M3. It would be an M3 iMac, maybe also a larger size. Do you think we're going to get a 27 to 30 inch iMac or are they just going to stick with
1: 24? 24. <laughs> just the 24. larger iMac okay. uh, won't be around until we get M3 Pro at the earliest
0: Yeah, I would be down for that. So M3, 24-inch iMac, M3 base model MacBook Pro with a slight redesign. I'm going to throw one wild card in there because I do think since it's an actual event, even though it's virtual, not in person, and it's not just a press release, I'm going to say there's going to be some... I have no basis for this. No one has said anything. But last time it was updated, no one said anything either. Apple TV.
1: It would be amazing, again, if they're really pushing this gaming-centric view, hardware ray tracing games, universal purchase, why not put out an Apple TV with A17 Pro, if not M3?
0: The M, I would love for it to be an M3. I feel like... Starting at $199. I don't, yeah, I mean, they do, they have two models right now, Mm -hmm. which they're so close in price, it almost doesn't make sense. It's running an A15 Bionic chip right now, if you buy a brand new Apple... 4k right now i think an a17 maybe if they just leave off the pro but i would like maybe they do a17 and a17 pro i don't know
1: i think this is a niche um, system and an infinite timeline eventually they will get to a17 in apple tv and they'll right. have to question which a17 is going in there but if they were to do this on monday this is not a entry model 150 150 apple tv right from my perspective they're pitching this as a home console alternative mm-hmm. and here is a 17 pro or m3 this is a 200 machine yeah and it is it is meant to connect to your tv you're meant to buy a controller for it and you're going right. to play resident evil 4 on it now how many people are going to do that i don't know i do want to call back to an interview for iphone 15 pro with uh, the engineers behind it and whatnot uh, those executives they did point out that iphone is not meant to compete with like PlayStation 5, right. Xbox, they're not interested in competing in that market because iPhone competes in a completely different market and that's mobile and Apple pretty much owns the mobile gaming space, at least financially. Now. Yeah. So the question is, do they make that play? I don't think that they would promote it as a, here's your PlayStation 5 alternative. That's not going to happen. But they could definitely say, here's another way to play your favorite games on your TV that's already on your phone. They're not Nintendo Switch effect rather than, because most people who who game own an Xbox or PlayStation and a Nintendo Switch. It's an add-on. And uh, I think Apple would pitch it that way as an add-on to your existing systems.
0: Yeah. And a two, uh, $200 Apple TV 4K for like this pro model, I think slots in nicely. Right now they have $130 just Wi-Fi, no Ethernet, no thread, kind of a weird model. Maybe they even dropped that but the middle model would be the $150 version, 128 gigabytes of storage, has the ethernet port, slot in a 200 with a more powerful chip And all those other features, Ethernet, have the thread built in. I would love for them to put a U2 chip in the Apple TV remote. That would be amazing. (laughs) So you could find that thing.
1: Bono is going to call this podcast and ask us to stop.
0: I know. I know. We're going to cease and desist. But I think it would slot in nicely.
1: As a nerd, of course, um, gaming on the Apple TV has always been an interest to me. And I know personally, it's failure points. Microsoft used to have Minecraft on the Apple TV. They removed it entirely they just gave up because and i and i emailed them and I asked them what's going on here i want to play the bedrock edition which allowed you to basically have these things called realms where you could create a game on an ipad and play it on your phone or the even the xbox or something and they said there just isn't enough people playing on apple tv for us to bother and if apple is going to do an apple tv gaming push they need to come in you know guns blazing because if they walk out on stage and they're like and Angry Birds is available on your Apple TV. You know, like uh, the game selection that is there now, uh, Apple Arcade, maybe a little bit They they do have like NBA and stuff. That's fine. But they really need to come out and say, and we have promises from major publishers like Rockstar with Grand Theft Auto or Square Enix with Final Fantasy. Yeah. Like the Pixel Perfect uh, editions and stuff. These games can run on existing apple tv hardware there's no they're they run on ipads from a decade ago but they're not on apple tv because it, even though it's they can do universal binaries even though they can do controller support they're they're just not there and it really the explanation is even though it doesn't take much effort it's still not worth the effort because there's just not enough people gaming on apple tv apple really needs to fight that fight
0: well i think that that then is likely that feels like an event M3 iMac, M3 base model MacBook Pro, and maybe an updated Apple TV, USB-C peripherals across the board. I'm excited for it. I'll be doing a recap episode like we do for every event, because this is an event. It's going to be out in the middle of the night for some people, but it'll be there. The only thing I might be in the market for, I have a 2018 Mac Mini in a closet. It's an Intel Mac Mini, unfortunately. And it's running some like server stuff. It's running like Transloader, Downey, HomeBridge. And I actually can't update it to macOS Sonoma. And so things like my iCloud password groups, which I want to talk about later in this episode, and some other things is just not available on that machine. So I would love to update it. You know, I could see them also saying, hey, Mac Mini, you can now get it. Well, I don't know if they would say get it with an M3 or M2 Pro. So they might not update that one at this event, but...
1: No, that one's going to... I mean, they could do the MacBook Air approach and do one at one event and one at another, but Apple is weird. We still haven't seen like a full... Apple Silicon cycle, that's quote unquote normal because we keep dealing with pandemics and supply shortages. Once maybe we get to M4, we might actually see what Apple's true, like Apple Silicon product cycle looks like on a normal schedule. I I mean, right now I have a Mac mini that does nothing. It's actually off most of the time. I, I've uh, considered rec- it's Intel 2019, I believe. So that one's probably going to retire. I have a 14 inch MacBook Pro with M1 Pro. That guy is not doing much for me these days i need it for certain things uh for work stuff because it just doesn't exist on ipad but i think i might consolidate get rid of those two macs go to mac mini and just sure. uh fully embrace the ipad setup again i don't know we'll yeah. see we'll It'll see be interesting yeah
0: well monday's the event 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific 1 a.m uk time if you're over there sorry william uh, but we will.
1: Have... I think it'll be M- Mike and I <laughs> covering this <laughs> right. event. It'll, uh, hopefully, it won't kill us. But we'll see what happens. It'll be weird trying to write uh, all this stuff at eight p.m. So,
0: and I'll doing i I'll be doing a recap podcast after the event, so you can also look for that. And who knows? I might be a tipsy. Uh, no, I mean, I imagine this thing is gonna be thirty minute video, eight to eight thirty Eastern. You know, I'll try to get it out maybe by 930. We'll see.
1: Everyone's really sad that Tim Cook doesn't get to say good morning at this event.
0: I'm, I'm very excited to see him say good evening or good afternoon or whatever he's going to say. It's going to be 5 p.m. Apple time. So I, he'll say good afternoon.
1: Last question about the event. <laughs> yeah. Will the Apple presenters be wearing a costume? no nah, no come on I, well craig maybe federighi. maybe craig federighi now
0: that now that i say that i mean he literally played a double necked guitar at the wwdc event so i could totally see him doing a, a costume style
1: all right but which which halloween character is he i think he would be a great vampire i think that's what he's gonna do yeah.
0: oh vam- vampire would be good yeah. like a dracula style he would be the king dracula
1: okay so uh, one, one last thing i did want to comment um Someone mentioned they better be in costume. I said, what would be even funnier is if somewhere in the event or just the whole event, someone, a celebrity was just dressed up as an Apple executive and just they they <laughs> never acknowledge it. That, I don't know. That would be pretty.
0: That would be pretty good if someone dressed up like in Tim Cook's outfit and stood next to Tim Cook, you know, like a. Uh, just something silly. Yeah, that, that would be kind of fun. Like a Michael Fassbender character. Somebody who's on starring in Apple TV Plus, oh, which goodness. is going to be more expensive now, which we're going to have to get to that in a minute. Yeah, we're getting to that. <laughs> we're getting that. <laughs> all right. So that's the event. Stay tuned on Monday. Also, iOS 17.1 and all the software updates came out earlier this week. And there were actually some pretty big features that were promised at WWDC, like AirDrop over the internet is now live in 17.1. There was a big HomePod and Apple TV update. Enhanced dialogue if you use a pair of HomePods and even HomePod minis with your Apple TV. That is now a feature you can enable and listen to it. I actually heard from a couple Uh, listeners of the HomeKit Insider podcast that it is actually better. They actually find it can be more understandable dialogue, which is great. Standby mode has some more options. So if you go into the settings now and you have an always on display iPhone, so a 14 Pro or 15 Pro, you can actually choose if the display stays on for 20 seconds or you can have it turn off. And so those, uh, those options are now in the settings app apple music got some updates too there's now like a favorite star instead of a like you can even do it on the lock screen which will play more into like playlists and things like that and I'm actually thankful for screen time bug fixes. This wasn't in like the actual release notes, but all the, you know, iOS 17.1 videos, this was something that Apple stated on their website that screen time, the settings were not sticking. And I experienced this even with my own kids. Again, I have three kids. They're all in screen time. I manage all those settings via my phone and iCloud. And I found those settings were not uh doing well. <laughs> they, were, they were not staying set with, with iOS 17. So 17.1 is supposed to address that. And I'll report back after a week. And we'll get to watch us and all that uh, in a moment. But it seems like a good update. I don't know. Have you found anything different for you and your
1: usage? Well, I've noticed that anything you've liked before in Apple Music is now a favorite that was automatically moved over. And it's important that you guys you know, start using that favorite button because soon, uh, maybe even iOS 17.2, there will be a new playlist format in Apple Music for favorites. And it's going to be kind of like Spotify's, uh, gosh, what is that? It's your liked playlist or whatever in Spotify, where everything you've ever done in Spotify is just in that playlist. Well, people have been begging for this for a long time. Apple is finally going to do it. There's going to be a favorites playlist in Apple Music. So go ahead and uh, yeah, use that button. Um, I am a little upset. The button is in the live activity for now, the now playing widget on your lock screen for right. Right. That's great. It is not on the standby screen um for your now playing on Apple Music, which I think is a waste. If I have my music playing,
0: it is a waste. Yeah,
1: like if I have my music playing and I have it displayed on my iPhone on my desk, I wanna be able to just reach up and tap that little star. It is not there. Hopefully it comes later. I'm gonna have to find an Apple person to write to, be like, <laughs> listen here. <laughs> Listen <laughs> here. Do I have to unlock my phone, like take it off the stand, unlock it, rotate it, hit a star and then put it back, man? Yeah. That is exhausting. I need you to put it right on that lock screen.
0: <laughs> I'm also curious the standby mode. I've been talking about this bug that I've been experiencing, which is if I want to adjust the HomeKit widget in the standby mode screen that has like a side-by-side widget. And every time I tried to turn off recommended and then add individual devices from my HomeKit setup to that widget, it crashed every time. And so I'm going to do it live now uh, here on the show. Because it's very exciting. I'm excited also for the airdrop over the internet. I'm curious how it's going to work with like cellular connectivity. Is it going to wait for you to get back on Wi-Fi and the reliability of that versus how just airdrops been, where you had to stay in proximity.
1: Going to airdrop you a one terabyte ProRes video that I recorded. Oh, do it. See what happens. Do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it, it, it'll take a month to get to you.
0: This HomeKit widget. Let me just say, I just tried adding individual devices again. It crashed on me again. I'm just, I'm just saying. Now what I do is. I close the, I turn off the recommended devices in the HomeKit widget. And then I go down and I go to my individual rooms because I want to add individual lights and two scenes. And so I add those items. I try to say, I want to run.
1: Nope. It kicked me out again. So. That's your the pet. Widget. That's your pet bug. It, 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 yes. it says if Steven crash uh, is the code.
0: Yes. <laughs> if if Steven then crash. <laughs> yes. That's the code. Apple. All I need you to do, don't make the thing. It looks like it's timing out because it's, I have to scroll through so many HomeKit devices. It's like the widget is timing out. Maybe you got too many. No, you,
1: you're you're too much of a power user. You can't user. have too
0: many. Just let me set the things without the widget timing out. That's all I want.
1: But, but uh, I, I will say I have a pet bug, and I have oh. I was hoping it would go away in okay. iOS 17.1. Yes. I'm the only one on Earth with this bug, probably. Um,
0: Maybe. Let's see. Put it
1: in standby. See the music from the standby mode. That full screen now playing widget, right? Right. Two, three minutes go by. Phone completely disconnects from Wi-Fi. Hmm. Strange. It's not, it's not that it's dropping the, the AirPlay 2 connection. It's that it doesn't even see a Wi-Fi network anymore. I do the thing where you un- unlock the phone while it's still in standby, open control center. Cause I, my control center, I, I don't know about you. I have mine locked. You can't even get to my control center unless my phone's right. unlocked. Same. same. Um, so I unlock the phone, go to control center, go to AirPlay, no devices detected. Go to Wi-Fi, no Wi-Fi network. I have to go all the way to settings and then my Wi-Fi network pops up again after a few minutes. Hmm. And then I can connect again. It just, this is a, a, a cycle every time I do it. Now it's not always like this. Sometimes it'll go hours or even a whole work shift. My AirPlay 2 music will be there on my phone. I can see it the whole time. I'll the march there and hit click next, whatever. But when it decides to do this, it just keeps doing it. And it's only the phone. My, ipad's hardwired into the network over a dock i'm not really seeing internet connection issues like i have an ipad mini connected to wi-fi and it's got slack open and it's not acting like it's lost wi-fi it's just the phone it's not like the the internet dropped out or the router dropped out it's the phone just loses all sight of the wi-fi network (laughs) i have no idea what's happening if this is related to standby it is happening when i'm in standby and Honestly, I think it's only in this situation that this uh, particular thing is happening. So I'm, I'm very curious about what's happening there, and I hope they fix it.
0: That is annoying. Not dropping the Wi-Fi, it is, it is not fun. This episode is brought to you by Magic Lasso Adblock. Listen, if you browse the internet today, you know, if you try to read an article, you just try to see a website, so many pop-ups, so many ads. Honestly, it's hard to just get to the content you're there to actually read. You already gave them the page view and the click. Well, Magic Lasso Adblock is the ad blocker designed for you. I've used it on all my Apple devices for over a year now, paid for it out of my own pocket, and it just makes the experience of browsing the internet so much better. If you want to experience twice as fast load times in Safari on your iPhone, iPad, and Mac, Magic Lasso is the ad blocker for you. It's super easy to set up. It can block multiple kinds of ads including some YouTube ads and it's an efficient, high-performance and native ad blocker. With over 5000 five-star reviews, it's simply the best Safari ad blocker for your devices. Magic Lasso blocks all intrusive ads, trackers and annoyances, letting you experience a faster, cleaner and more secure web browsing experience. And unlike other ad blockers, which there's a lot of out there, some even say quote unquote free, Well, it's free probably because they're taking your data and giving it elsewhere. But Magic Lasso respects your privacy and doesn't accept payment from advertisers. So you never have to worry about security or privacy with Magic Lasso. So stop being followed by ads around the web, blocking ad trackers, ensure that your browsing history is not harvested by ad networks and Magic Lasso ad block can block over 10 types of YouTube ads. So join over 280,000 users and download Magic Lasso Ad Block from the App Store. Or as a special offer for Apple Insider listeners, go to magiclasso.co slash Apple Insider. You can receive one month free access to all the app features. Try it for free. See if you like it. If the experience is better, I think you'll love it. I know I do. That's wwwmagiclassolassoco slash Apple Insider to receive one month free access to all features. That link is also in the podcast show notes. You can just click it there. Our thanks to Magic Lasso Adblock for their support of the Apple Insider podcast. And thanks to our friends at Notion. Oh, goodness, guys, I love Notion. I use Notion for project management, planning podcasts, planning videos, research, writing. Notion is just an incredibly powerful app all around. Well, now it is even more powerful because of Notion AI. If you don't use AI tools yet, it makes just a ton of difference for your productivity, for idea generation, things like summarizing, even translating. Notion AI can do all of that. Personally, I love Notion AI for taking a few bullet points. Maybe it's notes that I've made for the podcast show notes. And I can ask Notion AI to make that an entire blog post. Or I can ask Notion AI to take those bullet points or that blog post and make it into five to 10 social media posts for LinkedIn, threads, and Twitter. And Notion AI can also summarize articles for you. Some of the things I can do is take a transcript from a podcast or video, give it to Notion AI and tell it to summarize it, give me the bullet points, or even give me SEO optimized titles and descriptions for the podcast and video. Maybe you need to write an introduction or copy for a website. Notion AI can write that for you with just a few bullet points and ideas. Notion AI helps you work faster, write better, and think bigger, doing tasks that normally take you hours in just seconds. And you can leverage the power of AI right inside Notion across all your notes and documents without the need to jump between your work and a separate AI powered tool. Notion AI is designed to help you with your work right in the place where you're doing your work. You just tell Notion AI what to do. The more details, the better. You can start a prompt. Or what's great is you select any text in Notion. There's a little Ask AI button, and it will give you some ideas and prompts for how to use Notion AI to get your work done. So you're not starting from scratch. It's not intimidating like a blank text field. Notion AI will walk you through it and help you use that AI. This way you can get more done and get it done faster. So try Notion AI for free when you go to Notion.com slash Apple Insider. That's all lowercase letters, Notion.com slash Apple Insider to try out the incredible power of Notion AI today. And when you use our link, you're supporting the Apple Insider podcast. So try Notion AI for free right now at Notion.com slash Apple Insider. That link is also in the show notes. You can click it there. Our thanks to Notion for sponsoring this episode. Uh, Also, just on a side note, uh, we were delayed in starting today because... I was upgrading my internet. I've had uh, one gigabit down and up. Is it gigabytes per second or gigabits? You're supposed to say gigabits, right?
1: Bits when you're talking about ISP internet.
0: One gigabit per second. I had it up and down. And then I saw that my ISP, which is Frontier down in Florida, was offering two gigabits per second for only $20 more a month.
1: Oh no. Double the speed.
0: Double the speed. And so I jumped on that. And so he had to like come out and put in a new like fiber to ethernet little thing or whatever, but it, it is working. I have a Ubiquiti Unify Dream Machine SE. It is running my Wi-Fi access points, which are also the Unify like little disc access points. Now I can do a speed test now on my Dream Machine SE. It is getting 1900 down and 2200 up, which is amazing.
1: That's That's pretty great. I wonder if you'll, ever peaks that bandwidth or not.
0: Well, here's the here's the thing, though. And th- this this now is where we talk about Wi-Fi 6E and maybe Wi-Fi 7.
1: Oh, oh yeah. You're going to buy that Eero system, are you?
0: No. Well, well listen, <laughs> I'm, I'm all in on this Unify setup. Like, I'm not doing it. But like, I'm hardwired here on my Mac Studio via Ethernet. But when I ran these Ethernet cables with my bare hands as we were building this house, I did, I think it was Cat 6, maybe Cat 6E. I did not go higher than that. And I'm not sure if the distance or the cable is capable, but right now, uh, my Mac Studio is only getting 900 down, which I know is still an amazing speed and I should have no complaints, but I want it to have 2000. So I have to figure out, is it Ethernet? And also Wi-Fi devices. I don't think my current Wi-Fi 6 access points are going to be able to deliver over a gig to my devices. And so I'm now looking at the Wi-Fi 6E Unify access points, but I also don't want to do that because I know Wi-Fi 7 is going to be coming soon.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's already here. Eero just released their Wi-Fi 7 router. So Ubiquiti's, you know, they're going to do it very soon. It's going to cost $18,000 for your setup. And
0: No, 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 no. I, actually, the, the 6E routers, I think they're like 250 bucks the access points it's like 250 so it wouldn't be like a huge upgrade and i only have two it's not like i have like 18 of these access points around but i have to figure out there might be settings in my system about the speed but anyway 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 uh, i'm excited for the two gig that's all i wanted to say
1: steven i pay 90 dollars a month yes to charter spectrum oh charter <laughs> for 500 I know. megabits down i'm so sorry great thing is wired Right now on my iPad I can run a speed test and I see 558 down so I'm I'm getting some bonus megabits in there. Sure. And yeah. my upload is an amazing, astounding 21.8. <laughs> I
0: I know the struggle. It wasn't I'm a surprise. I'm surprised yeah. we're
1: even podcasting. I'm surprised you can even make a phone call at anyway.
0: The internet does amazing things and 20 <laughs> me, 20 megabits up is not fast. And if you're trying to upload 4K video would not be fun. No. But you could podcast like you could do video podcast with 20 up. But I will say I Oh, sure, sure, sure. I was on cable coax internet for what 14 years before as an adult before getting this getting fiber in this house and I understand, I know the struggle.
1: Like I had fiber in in a uh, Virginia Beach. I got to live, I got to see the 1 to, gig. <laughs> you got to taste. Like <laughs> up and down and I'm just You got to taste. Who like no one on Earth is thinking? Hmm, let's bring fiber to Kingsport, yeah, Tennessee. Let's 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 do it. That it'll be about twenty five years from now, maybe. Yeah, we might get to seven hundred gigs down.
0: There's also like a knock on effect of any time you're on like a video call or a recording, and the other person who might not be as technically savvy is like, "Are you sure you you got all right internet over there?" And like, it's a, it's like, you really have to hold back from just kind of being like, I have two gigabits down and up, bro. Mm. Uh, But I don't, I don't I don't do that. But it is like something you have to like hold back because it's like, do you know who I
1: am? Are you aware of who you speak?
0: <laughs> I just it is the do you know who I am of like internet speed uh humble brags so like I don't do that, but it but it, whenever like it's come up a couple times and I'm like no i I think my internet's okay. I think it's all right
1: your your internet's okay, but your Ethernet is not because I see you regret not running Ethernet. Oh, wow to every single Sonos speaker in your house. Let me talk about,
0: okay, you brought it up. I wasn't going to talk about it, but this will be quick. I have a bunch of Sonos stuff around the house. I love the Sonos speakers, especially for home theater setups that you don't have to hardwire a bunch of speakers to. For some reason, again, I have really good Wi-Fi everywhere around the house. I had a Sonos Beam and a Sub Mini that just refused to stay on the Wi-Fi. I have since gotten a switch for my bedroom where I had an Apple TV hardwired to the wall. I added a little network switch there so now I can have an ethernet to my Apple TV and my Sonos Beam and it works great. I will just say the Sonos Beam now never disconnects. It's always in the Sonos app. It's like no weird red marks or errors in the Sonos app, but my subs, my sub three and my sub mini, for some reason, just give it a few weeks, a couple months, they'll sometimes continue to work but they no longer are seen by the Sonos app. And so I'll get like a question mark next to the beam and the Sonos Arc items. And they're like, well, yeah, we don't see a sub, but then I'll play something and the sub is fine. So it's weird.
1: How long have you had Sonos?
0: Since I moved in this house. So like 18 months.
1: Okay. All right. So you're not. New, uh, <laughs> No, I'm not new. I had Sonos for years and I gave up on it because this is this is what happens. It's you get that you get through that honeymoon, the
0: honeymoon phase. of
1: wow, this is cool. This is great. I have speakers everywhere and it's all playing in connected harmony. And this is so this is so cool. And then the, the problems start and then it's now I have to do a factory reset of everything and now I have to repair every speaker and now I have to run Ethernet to every speaker to in order to yes. hopefully make this work, even though this stupid thing is supposed to work over Wi-Fi. It's a, and then you go and buy the, the boost and then you connect it to a boost network and that still doesn't work. And yeah, it's just on and on until you give up. And, uh, and I hope you don't have to give up. I, but you entered Sonos at a weird time, at least for me, like at a weird time because I feel like the company, I don't know what they're doing over there.
0: <laughs> well, Well, I will say uh, I have had to factory reset a lot of speakers, and it's been annoying. Ironically, the two that I've never had to reset and are always connected is my pair of 1SLs out on the patio, outside, Mm. and my my moves. I have a Sonos Move 1 and 2, rock solid, (laughs) never disconnect, never have any issues with Wi-Fi. I totally don't get
1: it. So the 1SLs, they've been given the power of rain by basically short-circuiting the systems together and the, it's fixed yeah. you just have to that's let it get it. rained on put your subwoofers out in the rain
0: no 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 the, <laughs> the sub 3 is too expensive but all that to say i didn't think i would ever have to do this i wish i had run ethernet to my sonos subs which they literally have an ethernet jack you could just put an ethernet cable in i wish i had run ethernet to my subs
1: do you know what i can't run ethernet to steven what's that my home pods yeah <laughs> no, that is true that's a good point I wish you could. I mean, I was going to say, I actually haven't had any issues. Ditched my Sonos system. I went all HomePods um, and and HomePod on Apple TV as my sound sources. So my bedroom has HomePod minis. Um, My living room has um, the second gen HomePods. So far. Pretty great, and I just I just wanted to do a little check in here since we're talking about home theater equipment. Yes, they're they're really good. Like I mean, it. Yeah, they are good. I, I'm coming from a 5.1 Sonos system with a full sound bar, the big seven hundred dollar subwoofer, two play three rear speakers, room filling booming sound. The neighborhood knew I was watching a movie, and I switched to these HomePods from from my ear from my seating position on the couch disappointed you know what i mean i'm not thinking about audio it's just right. not like oh this sound this would have sounded better on the other system or i wish i had that i still had that speaker system i don't know what homepod i know they have a lot of speakers and tweeters and stuff but yeah the way they throw audio it's nice the, the surround sound even though it's technically simulated, still sounds like, man, there's a person on my right. Yeah. And still enough bass to rattle like things because those HomePods have so much bass. And I I, I don't know why, but like, I just wanted to say like, man good system like i i've I have, i've have not regretted that transition and i'm still hopeful that we get that uh eventual add some home pods uh so you can have four in a pair to fill up the room more with a home theater sound like that would be amazing hopefully we get that soon because i that's a software update just do it Apple. Right, 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 tomorrow right. just do it <laughs> yeah no like it's it's an excellent setup and uh Wonder how long it'll be before you decide that Sonos isn't worth it and go back to HomePods. <laughs> but moving on,
0: we'll see. The, the, only, the only thing I want to mention is uh, Dan Seifert from The Verge. He mastodoned me and told me that you can actually have your Sonos speakers create their own wireless network if you want to see if it works better than your Wi-Fi.
1: That's the Boost network. That's the boost, but the big that I was talking about.
0: Right. The big issue there, though, is you can't start that kind of network from a home theater setup. So my Sonos Arc and Sub and then my Beam and Era 300s and Sub Mini, I can't do it from any of those.
1: You got to have like one of the random play speakers that you have around your house connected directly to Ethernet. Right.
0: Yeah. Which I, And I don't have any plays right now. I have my pair of 1SLs out on the patio, but I don't have any Ethernet out
1: there. You don't have a boost? <laughs> Go buy a boost. That it just it's a, it's a little box that sits in your cabinet where your router is and that creates your own network sonos
0: network i might do that then i might see if having the ethernet on the beam helps that setup because that was the most annoying one because i had rears and sub mini that kept disconnecting.
1: i'm honestly surprised you didn't already have a sonos network because that's how i operated mine like since the day i got my, it's definitely more stable two
0: things the sonos boost is discontinued they don't sell it anymore what okay and they say they say that the functionality has been built into the sonos speakers and so they don't have the dedicated
1: device so you need you need to go buy like the cheapest six hundred dollar sonos speaker they have and well, stick one under a cabinet somewhere yeah, with Ethernet. Like,
0: cheap as $600 is accurate. But <laughs> also, speakers that don't support the dedicated network at all are the new ones. The Aero 100 and 300, and I'm using two 300s as rear speakers, plus a move to... They don't support the network. Not that they can't create it, but they don't support it at all.
1: This is Yeah, this is what I'm talking about with the, the weirdness of Sonos. Yeah, They're coming out with some odd product choices, and they still after years of promises, I'm talking about since like 2016, Still haven't bothered with 7.1 channel audio, even though that is the cinema standard. Yeah. And they have all these speakers and you still cannot connect multiple speakers. In a re- like, why can't you have ceiling speakers and rear speakers? I, yes, yeah. first of all, problems, whatever. I get it. We're talking about $2,500, $3,000 speaker setups at this point. If I could have done it, I would have back when I was a Sonos customer. It never arrived.
0: Uh, that's all I'll just say. Like the setups do sound They're
1: good. great speakers. Yeah, they're great speakers.
0: All right. We need to talk about... Double tap, and we need to get to the Apple services increase. Right, WatchOS 10.1 came out. The big feature here is the double tap, which was part of the big event. Ultra 2 and Apple Watch Series 9 now has the double tap feature. Basically, Apple says that wherever you are on the watch, if you do a double tap, it's going to do something. If you do it on the main screen or your main watch face, it will bring up the widgets or that today view at the bottom. If you're getting a text message, it comes up on screen. You can double tap. It automatically sets you to dictation so you could reply to the message. There's things like dismissing certain notifications or accepting or ending a call. And this is the now revolutionary new way to interact with your watch. I will say I had used the accessibility double tap or double pinch feature and the clenched fist in previous videos because I only had one hand and I was recording with my right hand and I want the watch to do things. And so I use the pinch and clench gestures in those isolated moments. And the double tap feature does seem to respond better and faster, at least more consistently than maybe the pinch and the clench. And again, those are accessibility features and they've functioned kind of differently. Like you might need to pinch to select something and then clench to actually uh, select it or like you know move the selection around and then confirm. The double tap is really like the here's an action, do it right now with a double tap.
1: I've been using it and I do enjoy it and I'm like it's one of the reasons why I bought this watch. And so mm. I, I was very excited for it to come along. Different limitations, third-party apps can't function with it. Like I just tried it in like Carrot uh-huh. Weather and it's so funny. It it pops up with the hand symbol on the screen and then it shakes like it's shaking its head no at you like no, I can't do yeah. anything yeah. you can go into settings and say do you want to play pause music or skip music that's the only setting that you have right now for double tap i think that it's interesting like uh, so i use apple podcast and apple music so luckily i i do have the option of using double tap for those features uh correct me if i'm wrong does double tap doesn't work unless this scr- the apple Watch is aw- awake right
0: Right. The screen has to be active. It won't work if your wrist is down and it's in the standby mode or whatever.
1: Yeah. So you can't stealth like skip songs or whatever you have to, you still <laughs> right. have to raise your wrist or correct. But I have found myself in situations like if I'm carrying something or, or whatever. Yeah. Like I, I really want to do something, control something. I can now do it with the double tap and I, I find it interesting. It hasn't like the use case has not uh, appeared yet. I mean, it's only been out for like a day since we're podcasting. It's going to be something to try out and i i wonder if apple will expose that api and I, I expect they will and they'll probably broaden the use case a little bit as well
0: yeah i'm curious i need to spend more time with it and see if it actually comes up at random times because third-party apps can use it that's a little unfortunate i would love for any list which is my beloved grocery app if i could like check an item off with a double tap as like the top item that's on the list like just tap it off like that so i don't know hopefully they open it up and, and they increase it
1: it is useful for sure uh, i haven't had any accidental double taps but again, the the requirements are so specific, you have to be, you know, the, the watch has to be active. So I don't think you're going to run into any issues with this gesture.
0: All right, I want to talk about iCloud password very quickly and then we'll end with the, uh, we'll end with Apple One and services increases. Right. Along with iOS 17, we got iCloud password groups And now passkey is becoming more and more prevalent. A big news this past week was Amazon now lets you add a passkey to your account. And it's confusing a little bit for some people because they enable the passkey and they wonder why they have to still use their two-factor code. You know, why, you know, the two-off six-digit. For certain services, Best Buy, Amazon, I've enabled passkey on all of those. And even with Passkey enabled, it basically takes the place of your password. But often these websites will still ask you for your two-factor code because that's an additional
1: uh, level of security. Yeah, but that's like a fourth factor. It's it's ridiculous.
0: It's it it is probably unnecessary.
1: I get it, but I don't want this convoluted nonsense where whoever implemented this, I, I don't I don't understand the reasoning behind it. I do understand that a lot of these companies this this kind of like to get your phone number, and if we get rid of the two-factor system, a lot of these companies won't be able to ask for your phone number anymore. So I think they're trying to find sneaky ways to still get access to certain information. That's why Apple's hide my email thing is such a uh, annoyance for these companies. And now they don't even get to get your phone number. Yeah, it's going to be interesting seeing how this all shakes out in the next few years.
0: I will say Apple has implemented passkey for your iCloud account, your Apple ID, and that works great. If you go to those websites on your Mac or your iPhone and iPad, you can choose login with passkey. It does face ID or touch ID on your Mac and you're in. You don't have to do the two factor code at all passkey is your your way in which is great and icloud yeah and icloud passwords syncs those passkeys across all your devices. And so if you do add a pass key, it's not just locked to that device that you set it up on. You can, if you set up a passkey on your Mac, like I did for my Best Buy account, that passkey is synced over iCloud to my iPhone, iPad, all my Apple devices. And so your passkey is available on all those different places.
1: And it's and it's portable. You can take it to one password or Google if you want to. And I think we established before pass keys in iCloud passwords works with shared passwords. So yes. A really interesting technology. It's definitely the right step forward. I definitely look I I look forward to the day when I just never have to think about a password again.
0: (laughs) And I will say you had a question before about password groups and could you use these to kind of organize your logins in the iCloud password settings screen to greater effect. I tried doing this. I spent some time with iCloud Passwords this past week. You can create groups that are just accessible by you for organization. The one big missing factor is you can only have a login item in one group at a time. Yeah. You cannot both share it. So I have a group for my spouse. There's another group where I have my one child and my spouse. I have all these groups set up and I cannot have my iCloud login, if I was going to share that, I can't have it both in like a favorites group that I've created with just myself and have it in a shared group with my spouse. It can only exist in one.
1: Could you not create an identical um, login thing?
0: It doesn't let you create identical with the same username and or email, I think. I think it actually stops you from doing the exact same username. I
1: haven't tried, so I don't know.
0: I'm pretty sure it stops you if it's the exact same email and or username. And also, if you did that, then it becomes when you go to log into that website, you're going to have 18 items in this long list and it's going to be a pain in the neck.
1: Yeah, we're trying to like work around a system that isn't supposed to work this way. I, I think, again, the person who works on this stuff, uh, like Ricky Mondello, yes. they've been very vocal about how passwords aren't meant to be in your face, like get it out of the way, forget about it, don't don't think about it, use the strong password, put it in keychain, use face ID to authenticate, move on. Uh, like, We're not meant to be in that settings app living there. And I think that, again, that's why we don't have a dedicated passwords app and probably never will. I, I, I think we're trying to force it to be something that it isn't. And especially, like I said before, with pass keys uh, coming around, and hopefully uh, we see more companies embrace pass keys that there's no point in even bothering with any of this other than the shared system to actually share with another human being rather than sorting like a weirdo. But... <laughs> well, and I would also say that because I, I did it too. I did the sorting thing. I was, I was like, oh, yeah, let's do all these different categories and let's try all this stuff. But it, it just it's not meant for that. It doesn't really work that way.
0: And it's also clear that Apple is not going to intend this for like a business teams usage, which is why you'll still have room for one password and other applications that teams need to use it. Sure. Invite users with varying levels of access. So it's not going to replace that kind of you know enterprise usage. But for personal usage, I have turned off 1Password as my autofill on all my devices, and I've just lived iCloud passwords for autofill and saving new logins for probably the last six months, and it's good. It's very good. I like it.
1: Apple has this like 1950s style nuclear family idea of Apple family, like literally like capital A, capital F Apple family. You're this perfect family unit who who's in the Apple family system. It's it. You, you only have six people, never more. Like uh, if you have a seventh kid, they don't actually exist.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's why we stopped having kids. We couldn't fit any anymore in the iCloud family.
1: Yeah, exactly. Apple dictates this. this. This is the Apple way. That's right. You know, you get the Apple one subscription And Apple, you know, Apple TV and arcade and all of that. And then you share your passwords and it's this Apple nirvana that they've designed that find it interesting, like looking at if you live the Apple way as if there's no other company in existence other than Apple, like the concepts, what um, ideas do they have about how a family operates? And it's just, this is their vocalization of that, like through how these systems work. And uh, I just find it very interesting anyway.
0: But anyway, it's good. And I would suggest if you were looking for password apps or you wanted to move away from a paid option and go to a free option. iCloud Passwords is very good and I've
1: been using it. It's good these days for sure.
0: All right. Finally, when you talk about Apple One services increase, Apple announced that all of their services, including Apple One subscriptions and their standalone services are increasing in price. Many of them between three and five dollars. The premier tier for Apple One, which is what I have, it was 32.95 now it's 37.95, 5 additional dollars. And if you wanted to pay individually for services, Apple TV Plus was 7 bucks, now it's 10, $3 increase. News went from 10 to 13, another $3 increase. Apple Arcade 5 to 7, a $2 increase. And this is I think it's hilarious seeing all the reactions on the internet.
1: For example, Apple One Premier, the most expensive package went up by five whole dollars five dollars yes and people are saying like Apple TV plus doubled it went from 499 to 9.99 in like less than 13 months or whatever
0: I, I will be empathetic and say like listen price increases for anything especially in like the current economic climate like I understand like it is it's not ideal it's not ideal it's not fun you like you're paying more for the thing you think you've been paying the same amount for for years now a Quinn Nelson the Snazzy Labs YouTube channel, He was like, I'm not using all these services. Like, I'm not using Apple News or Fitness Plus. And it would be cheaper now for him to get things like onesie-twosie, like just pay for iCloud, kind of.
1: it is. If you're using Apple TV Plus, Apple Music, and paying for two terabytes of storage, you're higher than the Apple One Premier plan already.
0: Right. And he also said it is kind of a... Not kind of. It is a big headache to try and then choose some subscriptions to share with your family and choose to pay some individually because he's just trying to get the cheapest price for everything. And so you can do that if you find that you're not using all of Apple services. Although I will say the crosswords in Apple News is pretty fun and I've been doing it. Uh, so you can do that. Overall, like if you look at the entire landscape, these increasing in pricing, like this is going to happen like across our lives. Like these services will get more expensive.
1: For reference to, we just went through one of the craziest strikes writers and actors and yeah yeah apple has to increase the amount that they're earning off of these things to make the the value make sense but also they've been adding title after title after title to apple tv plus without really charging anything more other than you know the $2 increase we had recently and then this one apple arcade going up in price why did it go up it has 300 titles in it now that you can play ad free without any DLC or any in-app purchases. 300 games. Yeah. Apple News Plus is the most confusing out of them. And I would argue that you have to assume that if Apple News Plus is going up in price, it's one of two things. Either... It's because they can. That that could probably be it. If you want the cynical take, Apple can raise the price, whatever. There's probably going to be some value add to it soon. And Apple isn't a stupid company. They're not going to force people into positions that are compromising, that force them to say, I'm not subscribing to this anymore. I'm moving on. Yeah. I would expect Apple News Plus to get some kind of upgrade in the near future.
0: And I will just say, comparing it to Disney Plus, who recently raised their prices,
1: Netflix. $20 a month for Disney plus
0: Netflix going to, I think $23 if you want to pay for the 4k four device plan. And like, if, if you want to look at value, like Netflix, you might say has a larger catalog of content. Ugh, it's but when I actually <laughs> when I actually go into Netflix to watch something. I cannot find something compared that to Apple.
1: All right, guys, let's go watch Shrek. I-
0: well, and I, the crown is the one show I have not finished and is the only reason I'm paying for Netflix. And once I finish that, I will cancel Netflix because I do.
1: Find myself watching more on Apple TV Plus. Yeah, there's like an anime I'm watching on Netflix that isn't. I can't buy on iTunes, which is annoying. And there's like. Pokemon for some reason Netflix got the rights to Pokemon over Disney Disney used to have the rights to it and uh, it makes me sad every time I think about it so if I'm going to finish the Pokemon series or watch the new one that's coming out I have to have Netflix yeah like it's it's silly stuff like that they don't put their stuff on iTunes for me to purchase it's super frustrating but and uh, again another comparison if you want a little bit more apples to apples Disney Plus was seven dollars a month when it came out right right yeah yeah. yeah. And, and everyone was saying look at Disney Plus seven dollars or eight dollars a month and Apple TV TV plus $5 a month. I would much rather get Disney plus now look at it today and you get the, the, the duo bundle, $20 a month, 4k, no ads. Cause now there's an ad tier in Disney. My sister right. uh, asked me the other day, why, why is there ads playing before hocus pocus on Disney plus right now? <laughs> and I'm like, you have to upgrade your subscription. Apple TV plus has only gone up to $10 versus right. Disney almost tripling in price. It's, it's wild.
0: And uh, the only, the only thing I'll say is that it does. Uh, I do. Imagine soon Apple might offer a cheaper ad supported tier for Apple TV plus at least maybe at the next price increase when it goes up to 13 or $15 and then they'll maybe add a $7 tier. I'm glad they don't have that now. I think it is a much better experience if you don't have ads, obviously, and their ad free tier, even at $10 is closer to the ad supported tiers of other streaming services like Netflix and Disney plus Than comparing this, the ad free. So
1: the industry is ready for a shakeup, uh, I remember when cable cutting was all the rage, 2014, 2015 era, everyone's talking about it. and It was so much cheaper just to watch Family Guy on Hulu than to pay the $40 ridiculous season pass price on iTunes or pay $120 a month for 87 channels you didn't want to watch just to watch like the syndicated TV that you uh, enjoyed. And it was a very exciting time. And it was so much cheaper. And you could you could watch literally everything available on the market or around the world across every streaming service at the time for like 30 bucks a month because Netflix, <laughs> Hulu uh, was pretty much it. And now you look at today and there's 107 streaming channels. Some of them are required just to watch one show and none of them are available on iTunes anymore. It's really odd. It's definitely time for another lateral shift i think we're going to lose some of these companies along the way i mean look at the great consolidation right around discovery and uh all, it, all of those things so it's weird But for me, I mean, sadly, I'm in the situation where because I have a few shared accounts more or less with other people, Mm. I can't get rid of these things. So I'm going to have Netflix. I'm going to have HBO. I'm going to have Apple TV. I'm going to have all these things. But for me personally, when I look, put them all down on a piece of paper, uh, bit for bit, the Apple One Premiere plan I'm paying for, that's the one I'm getting the most use out of.
0: I do think the the meme, like I've seen this meme going around where it's like the Captain Planet kids and it's like a streaming service name is above every kid and they're like, when our powers combine, and then the Captain Planet figure says, your price is just as as much as cable was back in the day. And like, it is now true and like you're saying, I do think the world, at least, you know, Western, everyone who has had experience with streaming services over the last 10 years knows what it was like to cut the cable and then only pay 20 to $30. And so like you're saying, I think we will either see consolidation or people really choosing. These are the two streaming services I'm going to pay for. Right. Those who watch sports might be in a more difficult position to try and navigate what sports you pay
1: for. Sports is just a mess.
0: <laughs> it, it, that is a mess. But I know for me, it's it's Apple TV+. Plus. And honestly, I mean, Disney plus because of the kids, like those would be my two streaming services that I continue to pay for
1: max and Apple TV plus for me. Um, if i yeah. only could pick two of course disney i wouldn't want to get rid of either but um outside of that there's not like a oh god i need this I, I could live without them yeah but yeah it's just an interesting uh thing like just looking at the 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 totals here if you really didn't want fitness plus and news plus and you just wanted to stick it to apple subscribing to the rest of those things would cost you six dollars more a month <laughs> than just paying for <laughs> premiere and having apple apple news plus and fitness plus so i don't know i just i find it interesting seeing how people talk about these things. And uh, any, anytime it comes to money and having to spend more, people are going to rage. And I understand it, it does suck having to suddenly spend more money for something that you thought you were already paying for. Um, but Apple, like I said, I think they're a smart company. I think we're going to see value adds here. We're just going to get even more content they just announced a new slate of specific things coming between now and december nothing too exciting but um just again they're on top of this and yeah. now that apple arcade is where it is and that we have the hardware ray tracing stuff i expect to see some value add there as well news plus could use some upgrades around just better ads better uh, right. sorting systems better algorithms like i think that all of this is coming and i think the pricing changes suggest that because apple wouldn't increase the prices. of these things if they didn't think that customers would get a return for that like I don't think they're being scummy here if if yeah, you know what I I'm saying
0: I don't think so Apple event Monday tune in keep your eyes on Apple insider Wes and Mike will be writing I'll be doing the recap podcast on Monday I'll we'll be live posting and everything and you can follow Wes and myself on all the different social networks those links are in the show notes of course you can support the show at patreon.com slash Apple insider and directly in Apple podcast to get an ad free version and early access every week thanks everyone for listening and tuning in. We'll catch you next time.